You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All right, what's going on, you guys? Welcome to episode number 68 of the Ron and Don Show. And don't forget, if you want to know everything that's going on with the Ron and Don Show, we send out a newsletter. You know the show drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then we have a newsletter with thousands of people on our newsletter. And you can find out everything that's happening with radio and everything that's happening with real estate. Ron, how do you get signed up both for the newsletter? How do you do, Ron? Yes, go to ronanddon.com. Click on that radio microphone right underneath the really attractive picture of Don and myself. You'll see a sign-up box. Put your info in there, and you'll be signed up for the Ron and Don You newsletter. know what? We're not as ugly as you think we are. We, we do a lot of these Ron and Don sit-downs, and people are shocked. And usually the shock is, hey, I knew you guys were ugly. But it's not as ugly as I thought it was going to be. So we appreciate that. Uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, how about no evictions? If you're a landlord, the wintertime, Seattle, how about no evictions? Uh, we'll talk about that. The city council has been talking about that. And also, what do you accomplish when you drive? You're not going to believe what uh, one local uh, truck Whew. driver, what he accomplishes this is crazy. when he drives. We want to hear from you about what you accomplish when you drive. Hey, uh, Valentine's Day just happened. I want to share something uh, that I do every year. I, I believe in having traditions. Okay. And this is a Valentine's Day uh, tradition and a Mother's Day tradition that I do for my mother. And in fact, uh, when she sees me calling, a lot of times she doesn't answer. And she lets it go to voicemail because she wants to record the magic. She knows the magic is about to happen. This is when you call and say, Mom, yeah. I now to, stood up again. Now, to help with the magic, we're at the Ron and Don Studios of uh, South Lake Union here. I have borrowed uh, Ron's guitar and because uh, all my guitars only have like three strings on them, sometimes four. You have all six, so congratulations to you. Uh, do, do you have some, because I'm going to need some percussion. Do you have any kind of percussion here? Uh, do you have a drum? Can you, pay, play the, can, you, can you play some, is there something here where you can kind of tap along is you have anything here where you can tap along and we can make a beat because usually when I do this with my mom, I call with my full band. How's that? That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. I usually call with the full band, but right now the band is just going to have to be you and I. Standing in on percussion today, it is a box of stationery. Yeah, anyway. uh, This this true story right here. I just started to learn to play my guitar. Uh, Joel from down the street, my mom paid him $2 an hour to teach me how to play guitar. And that's why I sound like a $2 an hour guitar player. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe 250 to, to this day, I taught Ron how to play the guitar. And I have to say, you sound like you're $350, $4 an hour. He's Maybe. A, I think he's a little better than I. He really is. Uh, so anyway, this is what happened. Did you ever make stuff for Mom's Day, Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. You, we you, used to do the Valentine's Day thing was, if I remember for Mom... It would usually be, I think we made a, a ladybug out yeah. of a rock. Yeah. You take a rock, you put some googly eyes on it. Right. Uh, you paint some of it red. Perfect. And then you give it to mom. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day, mom. What we would do is we'd take a plastic cup, you'd draw all over it, you'd melt it, and then you'd say, hey, uh, dad, mom, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Here's an ashtray. Remember? Because your, nice. your parents still, they, did, you a lot of, smoke back they then. did a lot of smoking back then. So you would do things where they could. And then uh, one year we made this necklace. Uh, and I couldn't say this on terrestrial radio, but I can say it here. Uh, the necklace, I added a little too much macaroni. And I found out later on that my mom called it her vagina necklace because it was so long that it kind of it, it, it hung over certain places. So my mom called. And I would pressure her. I'm like, Mom? Why aren't you wearing the beautiful macaroni necklace? 
that I made you in first grade. And she would put it on out of guilt. And then oftentimes I would find it in her ashtray. Uh, of her car. Uh, that's where we'd find the vagina necklace. She still has it to this day, though. And that's, I know she loves old it. macaroni. And I have to, I, I just got to believe that every once in a while, she chews off a piece of the macaroni and she relives uh, her memories of me as a little boy. That's some old macaroni. So anyway, one year, I, it has to be around third grade because that's about the time I started playing guitar. Uh, we get home from church. It's church on Sunday. And it happens to be a Valentine's Day, and uh, we're just celebrating Valentine's Day here. And all my, my my brother and my two sisters, they pull out all the cool stuff that they made at school. Because the only way that you knew that a holiday was coming up when you were that young is that it, you just knew by the school calendar, and that if you were making either having a party or making school uh, cool things for your parents, for whatever reason, we didn't make anything for Valentine's Day, and so I panicked. And I ran into my room because my, my brother is out. He's like, well, hey, what did you get mom for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, uh. I ran to my room. I came out and I'm like, hey, I wrote, I, I wrote mom a song. Really? Is what the I original? did. Original? I wrote a song and it goes something like this. Are you ready? And I actually pulled out my nursery rhyme book. And there's a nursery rhyme book. And in the nursery rhyme book, it says, butterfly, fly to mother, whisper to her that I love her. Butterfly, fly to mother, whisper to her that I love her today. Okay? That was in the book? That's in the book. I'm 52 years old and I remember this. This is, this, this is how deeply uh, this song, this music, uh, this love for mother uh, and butterflies is embedded in me. Okay? Morphos, as they're called in Spanish. Are we going to mic my guitar up or are we, no. I think we're okay? What are you playing over there? The box of stationery. All right, here we go. You ready? Shuffle beat. Butterfly, fly to mother. Whisper to her that I love her. Butterfly, fly to mother. Tell her that I love her today. Don's voice was this deep. Butterfly, fly to my mother. Whisper to her that I love her. Butterfly, fly to mother. Tell her that I love her. Did you rhyme mom with mom? I love my mom, mommy. Wow. So this brings up another interesting story because then I don't play my guitar till eighth grade. And the reason is, is my next guitar, my father bought for me an Acapulco. And you remember when your parents would go to Acapulco and they come back with the puppets, you either get a puppet or you get a guitar. So my brother and I, we got guitars. My sister's got puppets. Did you ever get a puppet from Acapulco? No, my, my parents never went to Acapulco. Yeah. So anyway, you come back, you either get the puppet or the guitar. And my brother and I got in a fight one time. He took my guitar and he beat me with the guitar and he snapped the neck on the guitar. So then then what I did is I went and I took and I glued the neck back together on the guitar and then I taped it down and then it sat in the corner and it gathered dust and then my first girlfriend Sherry came over and she walks over she walks in my room and she's like oh my gosh you play guitar and I'm like of course I play guitar she's like well what do you play can you play a song for me and I said of course I can play a song for you let me in tune fact, up in fact I have written a song for you and she's like, you have? And I'm like, yes, I've written a song. And of course, 
I hadn't written a song, but I'm pretty clever. I think we'll all agree. This guy over here, pretty clever. And you're smooth with the ladies. We've established on the podcast. If nothing else, you are smooth with the ladies. Are you, are, are you ready? Do you do, do you want to do you, just real quick, real, and then we'll get we'll get to the rest of, of, of the podcast here. But would you like to hear the song sure. that I wrote eighth grade? Original. This is original right here. This is for Sherry right sure. here. Sure. All right? And sometimes it's hard to know on the fly what rhymes with what, and you get yourself in a little bit of trouble, which may have may not happen to me. Here we go. This might sound familiar. All of your songs sound familiar. <laughs> I've heard them all. Butterfly, fly, Sherry. Whisper to her that I think she's very. Butterfly, fly, Sherry. Tell her that I like her today. Butterfly, fly, Sherry. Whisper to her that I'd like to get married. Butterfly, fly, Sherry. told the girl in eighth grade that you loved her you know what and married? then she broke up with me in that instant and then uh i used to crawl over the fence to go to her house and then i'd knock on the window and i'd throw rocks at it and then her father would come out and go go away O'Neal. just go away so nonetheless i love valentine's day i love mother's day because I get to pull out my axe one more time, brush it off, and let the women in my life know that I love them today, just like a butterfly. So that's for Sherry, if she's listening, who I haven't talked to since eighth grade. And that's for my mom, who I also haven't talked to. Since By the way, it, it wasn't you if you got a bag of the uh, hearts, the candy hearts, and there was no message on there. Yeah. The machine broke. Oh. And so they had a conundrum oh. of do we not ship yeah or do we put blank hearts into the bag is that this year this year oh i didn't know so you you might get a couple with messages okay. and some blanks in there just write, write your own message take out a ballpoint pen yeah. put your own message anyway on moral of the story eighth grade might be a little early to tell a girl that you love her yeah well might be a little early. 52 might be early for that <laughs> it's the rod and dodge show all day on the rod and dodge radio network we'll see you on the other side of this in one minute are you ready for a Ron and Don sit-down? Email the guys at ron at wondermere.com. Hey, everybody. It's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Thanks, you guys, for listening to episode 68 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers with Windermere. You want to do a Ron and Don sit-down? We've done it with dozens of people in the Ron and Don Nation. We'll come to us. We'll come to you. You come to us. All right. That's how we do it. Bring you a Ron and Don Nation mug, and then I sat down with Ron and Don. And if I can't show up, it'll just say Ron on it, and then we'll cross my name out if you want to do that. All right. Anyway, uh, what do we got here? 
Episode 68. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Uh, the Seattle Times is reporting that the Seattle City Council voted 7-0 to zero to ban wintertime evictions uh, of tenants. And so this was uh, brought on by Shama Sawant. And basically her argument was, hey, it's really cold in the winter, obviously, Captain Obvious. So let's do a thing where you, you cannot evict uh, people during these wintertime months. She wanted it to go from November to April. Uh, they scaled it back to December to March. And it doesn't apply to tenants that are in uh, doing in criminal or nuisance activities or uh, non-owner-occupied uh, or owner-occupied uh, uh, tenants as well. So basically what they're saying is, if, if I'm reading this proposal right, is if you just come, if you, you can't make rent, it, it's December 1st, you can't make rent. Okay, let's say I, I'm uh, living at... Uh, you, I have a rental. You, know, you have a rental, so I'm living in your rental. Let's and call it's, it 1500 bucks a month. And it's Christmas, and I spent all my money uh, buying beautiful uh, gifts for Rhonda the Rondon, so I don't have any money to pay uh, January's rent. Now what happens? So I cannot, as a landlord, yeah. the property owner, I cannot evict you. Really? Now it rolls into January. Okay. Still don't have the rent. All right. I'm supposedly I'm keeping a tally here, mm-hmm. but I cannot evict you in January. Okay. February rolls around. Still can't make rent. Hmm. I can't evict you in February. March rolls around. Now I start the eviction proceedings. And so if, if we've already, it's fuzzy to me on if then you have to go to the judge. And so now it could be. April, May, even into June, perhaps. Yeah. So before you can actually be evicted out of this. And so the mayor has indicated, even though it's seven to zero, yeah. she sounds like she's not, Mayor Jenny Durkin doesn't sound like she's on board with this, uh, where she's like, I, I don't know if I would go this far. She's like, there are programs to help people that are behind on their rent, but seven to zero on the city council uh, to get this thing voted in. Uh, I, I'm tr- I'm going to give you first chance to respond because I this has got me pretty pretty heated. Yeah, I think what's what's really difficult here is in the city of Seattle. If we want to have because because the whole idea is we need to have more affordable housing, and in order to have more affordable housing, we have to make housing more affordable, which it's not, and it's one of the reasons why they changed the rules and laws and all that on backyard cottages. But go ahead and build a backyard cottage, and you know what you're going to spend on a backyard cottage. You could buy a, a a brand new home down in Federal Way for what it would take uh, dollars and cents wise and time wise uh, to build a backyard cottage in the city of Seattle. So the city council thought, hey, we're going to let people build backyard cottages and nobody's building them because they're too damn expensive. Or if you go down the city and you try to get these things permitted, it takes years to do that. And I know that because I'm trying to build a backyard cottage uh, right now. And it's very, very difficult to do. It's very, very expensive to do. So then what they say is, you know what? Everybody out there that owns real estate and you have rentals, whether you have a mother-in-law ADU, which is an attached uh, dwelling unit, or a day-do, which we just talked about, that would be a backyard cottage, detached accessory dwelling unit, whatever these dwelling units are that you have, uh, we're not going to let you Airbnb them. We're going to force you into long-term rentals, right? Uh, in fact, people that used to have eight, nine Airbnbs, now you can only have two. And you can have one in your primary residence and then one somewhere else. Because what they're trying to do is squeeze landlords into long-term rentals. And by doing long-term rentals, uh, that way it helps out the hotel motel business 
because then that opens back up because there's a lot of pressure on the city council because of that. And then they feel like there'll be more housing because housing isn't being used for short term like VRBO and it's not being used for Airbnb. So therefore, these short term rentals will now be long term and they'll be available. And what's happening is people that have been landlords are getting out of the landlord business and they're saying, you know what? I'm not going to own real estate then in the city of Seattle proper. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go down to Pierce County. I'm going to go to Snohomish. I know people right now that are saying, well, I'm just going to run. I'll take my Airbnb business and I'm going to take my rental business and I'm going to do that over on the east side. I'm going to do that in Kirkland. Down to like Burien or White Center. It's like right on the other side of the city limits. Yeah. So what's happening is here in the city of Seattle, the, the council and the mayor, they think they're being cued by creating uh, more rentals. And what they're doing is they are driving business, they are driving tax dollars, and they are driving real estate dollars right out of the city of Seattle and into the bedroom communities. That's what's happening. That business is going That business is going elsewhere right well, now. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is, so Shama Sawant, regardless of what you think about her, she's, she stands up for what she believes in. I think, And, that, and she has an impact. She, she has an impact. Whether you like her or not, she has a tremendous impact, and, and she may have more impact sometimes than I think the governor has, certainly, and sometimes uh, uh, the mayor of so Seattle. I think that she believes that this is in service of people that are most vulnerable. And, and so I get that. But when you really think about about this what she's asking for people to do is if i own a a rental property is that i'm individually subsidizing someone that is renting from me and there's nothing in this bill that then provides relief to me as the property owner to the mortgage company right so in other words if i fall in arrear with the mortgage company then they foreclose on me and then what happens so is the tenant exempt from getting foreclosed on if, if the landlord can't make the payments anymore? And so I, I think this whole notion that there is this rich upper class in Seattle, some of that is true. Like there are billionaires that live amongst us, but they're few and far between, obviously. There are a lot of millionaires that live uh, in the city of Seattle. But most of, most of the people that are, would fall under this are going to be mom and pop people that have one, maybe two situations where they have rental properties. And that's their nest egg. That's their retirement. That's their their money that they scrimped and saved and were able to buy something. And so now you're talking about from December until March that I am unable to evict somebody. And the thing that I've seen is if you let someone live in your property where they're not paying rent, then they can't afford to do anything. They can't afford to take care of the heating. They can't afford to do basic maintenance. They can't afford to pay utilities. They can't afford to eat very good food. And so you, you start to see a decline. I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to the broken windows uh, theory that we see and, and, you know, that's all the rage now during the presidential debates. But a decline happens where if you can't pay your mortgage, the rest of everything begins to, to sag. And now you're passing that hardship on to the property owner who's probably already exposed because of the mortgage they have. I I find that very off-putting. Yeah, and then it would be interesting if the city council said, well, you know what, we'll create stipends then for landlords. Well, if you're going to create stipends, that money for a stipend, that has to come from somewhere. So where are you going to take that money from? Are you going to take that money from all the money that we're spending on homelessness right now? Where does that money come from? And then that becomes another conundrum 
uh, as a result. And I don't even know what a conundrum is. I don't know where a conundrum came from. It's a, it's a word. Every once in a while, you say a word that you heard your mother say on the phone when she was on a corded phone. Remember, she had the corded phone. She's talking to Auntie Al. My mom's corded phone could go about 45 feet. Uh, she could reach out and she could grab her cigarettes off the top of the refrigerator. Uh, she could get a beer out of the beer fridge in the garage while she's cooking spaghetti. She could do that. Uh, she could go over and swat you on the uh, on the derriere with her 45-foot uh, cord. She could do everything. She could control the world with her 45-foot cord. While she's talking to my Auntie Al, saying okie-dokie, always okie-dokie, okie-dokie and conundrum would come out of Virginia's mouth all the time. What about your mom growing up? Did you get an okie-dokie or a conundrum when she was talking to other family members on the 45-foot cord? And I got to know, did Alice have the 45-foot cord and rude the world uh, uh, from the cord in the kitchen? I don't know if it was 45 feet, but she would be on the phone with Uncle Ron in Ohio, and it was, oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Oh. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah? You know what? They were talking about a conundrum. Right. Is what they were. Okie dokie. It's the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. We'll deal with this conundrum. We'll see you in one minute right here. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. When you're ready to sit down with the guys, just reach out by email, ron at windermere.com. All right, what do you accomplish uh, when you drive? And I think a lot of us now, because uh, when you get in your car, there's so much to listen to, right? You can jump on your Bluetooth, you make your phone calls, uh, you get your uh, you check in uh, with the office, or you check in with the road crew, whoever it is, people that you work with. Uh, you check in on maybe a podcast. Maybe you listen to the Ron and Don show Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Why wouldn't you do that? So, I can drive with my knee and like eat eat out of a bag of fast food. Yeah, you get a lot of confidence. I can't do tacos. You always think, you oh. know what? I could go to Taco Bell yeah. and get, or Taco Time, get a couple tacos. Taco is not a can't, good no. knee drive. The lettuce food. gets away from lettuce you. You can't get on the, the hot place. sauce. Yeah. Uh, when Ron and I were growing up, we were paper boys. And I was able to drive on Jeep, and I could steer with my knee. And I'm not encouraging people to do this. And this is a stick shift. I could drive with my knee. I could use a stick shift. I, would, I had 600 papers. I put a bunch of papers in the front seat. I, don't even, I wouldn't even sometimes pre-rubber band them. And I could take the paper, rubber band it, steer with my knee, shift with my right hand, drink chocolate milk, always a quart of chocolate milk, eat a Dolly Madison cherry pie, and, and... And eat taco, and this is very important, Doritos, eat a taco flavor, a bag of those every morning, three in the morning, driving around. And then every once in a while on Sunday, on Sunday, 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 when there were so many papers, Ron and I would combine our routes and we would jump in this van. It was our, our carpet cleaning van that we had. And I would drive the carpet cleaning van. Same thing. I'm driving the carpet cleaning van. I can relax a little bit because I'm not throwing my papers. I got an automatic and I'm sitting there. I'm eating the taco-flavored Doritos. I got the cherry pie, the chocolate milk. You're sitting in the back of the van with the door open on a bucket. Do you a five, five-gallon bucket. And you are throwing your papers as hard as you can throw them. And the thing is, I, I threw my papers in a nicer neighborhood. 
And so I couldn't get away with what you could get away with. You would take that paper and you would throw it up against these travel trailers and you would wake everybody up. Hey, the, man, skirt, up, there up. the skirting of the travel trailers and you would wake everybody up in Albuquerque, New Mexico in the middle of the night. I couldn't do that because I was up throwing in the Northeast Heights. And I mean, if I threw it in a particular part of the driveway and the automatic sprinklers went on, then I would get a call from Bob Anderson at 4.30 in the morning. Hey, man, you got to come replace my paper. Nonetheless... Even when there wasn't Bluetooth, there was no podcast, not a lot of great radio to listen to. We could get a lot done back in the day, but I never got done what this guy got done. So this is from the Washington State Patrol. They said they, they've never seen this before. It was in a semi-truck, was going 17 miles an hour over the speed limit. So the State Patrol turned on the flashers, uh, did a little whoop-whoop, and uh, pulled this driver over. They get up to the cab. Yeah. Inside the cab, there's a picture of this in the Seattle Times. The Inside picture, the cab, the picture is incredible, right? On the where the where the passenger seats should be, yeah, is an entire recording studio. <laughs> the, this driver had somehow put a, a hook in the roof of the of the semi truck. Yeah, there was a microphone dangling down like you were at a, a Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier fight. I love that. And they have a laptop with audio software on the laptop. Yeah. This person evidently is driving with their leg. They are singing or speaking. They didn't say what the music There's was. There's some kind of secret recording uh, that is going on here. And I, I would love to hear the recording. I bet it's fantastic. So then, uh, so they're recording uh, while they're driving this, the big rig. Um, when they made the arrest... And they started to search the vehicle. Would it surprise you to learn they also found some <laughs> drug paraphernalia in this particular semi-truck? So um, they were basically speeding, yeah. delivering uh, a, a cargo freight in the back of the deal, yeah. and recording, oh. and doing drugs. Yeah. All, that, is, that is a multitasker right There's there. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going yeah. on. What do you do now? What do you do now? Uh, I every once One time a month... I have somebody that will come and like professionally clean my car. And when she professionally cleans my car, uh, she's like, Mr. O'Neill, we only found seven chicken bones this time. Cause I don't know what it is. I love chicken, but the only time I really love chicken on the bone is when I'm driving. I love to sit there. I love to drive. And I love to, to chat with my son and we like to eat chicken. And so you will find chicken bones every once in a while. You know what? When it, it comes to chicken, I've been converted to millennial. I go boneless. Oh, you do? I'm a tenders guy now. You are? I'm like 100% tender. Like the millennial, I used to make fun of millennials. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try the tenders. The tenders are pretty awesome. See, G-Force in the back, he's chowing down on the tenders. Sometimes he's, he's sharing those tenders uh, with Charlie the dog. And then I, I'm still an old school... I like... I still like a chicken leg. Is that weird? A chicken, yeah, a baked. Fine. I think a baked chicken leg, baked or fried, baked. Wow. In fact, if you took me back to Albuquerque, New Mexico, if we could relive our boyhood, if I was 16 years old again, driving that Jeep, throwing those papers, and I had a chocolate milk in one hand, and I had the Doritos in the other, and I'm shifting and I'm throwing papers. And somehow, someway, I'm eating that Dolly Madison cherry pie. It has to be cherry because I love the cherry compote. Somehow, someway, if I could do it all over again. It's a great regret of mine. I would work in a baked... Church's fried chicken? A baked chicken leg. No. Church's fried. I want baked. I want baked. Hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Listen to the Ron and Don Show all week. Thank you for supporting us. 
uh, in the podcast, 66, 67, 68 this week. But also, thanks for supporting us with the Ron and Don sit-down. We have sat down with dozens of people in the Ron and Don Nation, and we have started on these real estate journeys with you. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most touching things that we have ever gotten to do, to go on your journey with you and to be a part of it. And in fact, uh, Peter Clark, thank you for taking us on your journey. And um, he's one of the first people that we sat down with. And we sat down and we signed papers today. So, Peter, thank you for that. We appreciate you. And thank you for the money that you gave to Charlie's Dinosaur. We appreciate that, too. I knew it was going to be special because we walked into a room. And he said, I want to sit down with you guys. But first, and he handed us a bunch of cash. And he said, give this to Ed Troyer and Charlie's Dinosaur and help those kids. So, Peter, thanks for that. You guys keep your head up, your shoulders back. Here's my kid to say goodbye. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Show. Gunner, take it. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs>